I know you're troubled, my child. I have a vision for you. I can see your future. I want to give you something you won't believe. A full life. A life you couldn't even imagine in your wildest dreams. I have such incredible plans for you. Plans? For me? Hey, don't listen to her. Don't listen to me? That's fine. This is something I will never force on you. It has to be your decision. Okay. Tell me. Be honest with me. You know how you just feel incomplete? Like the compass is just one degree off. Something's wrong and you can't get it out of your mind. There's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing lacking. You were made exactly the way you were supposed to be. She's just a liar. The only liar in the room is you. My child, look inside yourself. You don't have to walk around like this, doubting yourself, hating yourself, wishing you were different. You're right. I do feel like that, and sometimes I don't know how to talk about it or who to talk about it to. Just the fact that someone understands me and accepts me is such a step up. I'm sorry, accepts? That's a bit of a stretch. She doesn't really mean it. She doesn't really want you. At least, not like this. She's going to try and make you change who you are. Change? I, I don't know if I'm ready for that. You'll never know unless you try, my child. Don't you want to be free? I want you to be free. I can make you free. Free? Really? I'll believe that when I see it. No, what she really wants to do is trap you. Hey, do you really think she cares about you? I honestly, I don't really know, but what I do know is that freedom sounds really good. And I'm sure it does. Take it from what I've seen, though. The kind of freedom she's offering, it's a fake, a mirage. You only think you're free, but nothing could be further from the truth. In reality, you'll be miserable, trapped. No, listen. The only thing trapping you is this false front you keep putting up. I know you. I know your real identity. You don't know her real identity. Her identity was created the day she was born. You are who you were made to be. No, you are who I say you are. Daughter, you are who God says you are. Jeremiah 1.5, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. You don't really believe that. Psalm 139.14, I will praise you for I am wonderfully made. Did God really say that? You know it's not true. Genesis 1:27. therefore God created man in his own image. Child, you were made on purpose for a purpose. There were no mistakes. Did God really say that? Yes, he really said that. So the question isn't about you. The question is, do you really believe it's true? The war for truth is being waged in our hearts and our minds. But the prize being fought for is over our very soul. And this 
war will decide the eternity of humankind. The haze, the smoke, the bullets of this war, they are confusion, doubt, comparison, and so many other issues that we face within ourselves, but also in the culture that surrounds us every day. What does God really say about you? What does the world really say about you? And can I tell you, no response to those questions is a response. There's more for you. There's a design. There is a purpose for you. In a letter to a first century church, Paul writes this, for we are God's handiwork. His craftsmanship, his masterpiece created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he has prepared in advance. He has planned for us to do. If you're a part of the winning team at Faith Promise, which means you serve in any capacity at Faith Promise, this verse probably sounds familiar because this week we've been equipping ourselves and each other to love God by knowing this truth. We live from God's love, not for God's love. And through this last month, amen, amen, we can give God some praise. And through this last month, we've been asking the question, did God really say? And we've been encouraging this, that there is a truth that you and I, that we can trust, and that truth is a person. So before we go any further, let's take a moment and honor that person and invite him in to speak his truth through his word today. God, we love you so much, and we ask for transformation today. That's something that our, the, the worship songs that we sing can't do, something that my sermon can't do, but Holy Spirit, something only you can do. We pray for transformation. We pray that you would take the scales off our eyes, God, whether there's people here, there's their first time and they're thinking about Jesus or maybe people have been here for 27 years, but God, we believe you are going to reveal to us today more of your nature, not only more of your nature, but in doing so, you will reveal our true nature. We pray for transformation. We pray for mobilization. We pray for revival. God, we love you so much. It's in your precious name we pray, amen, amen. All of our campuses, are you excited to be in church this weekend? I hope you're excited. I want to welcome you live at all of our campuses, live online, later online, God behind bars, excited what God's doing, the revival that is being sparked there. We are so glad that you're taking a look at Faith Promise this weekend. And this weekend, we're going to take a look at ourselves, and we're going to ask the question, what is the truth about being human? Looking at the reflection, what is the truth about being human? And hey, if this question sounds confusing to you, you're not quite sure what, what does it mean to be human? And hey, you're not quite sure uh, where to turn for answers like we saw in this drama. Can I just tell you, it's not by chance that you're here. It's not a 50-50 shot. Our prayer is that today, God provides the most freeing clarity that you've ever experienced. And I really do, as I've been praying all week for this wrestling over some truths, I believe that God is going to do something in the life of believers today. Because for some, this question may sound silly. It may sound simple, but it's not for all of us. If you're a Christian who knows who you are and you know what it means to be human, I pray that this message reminds you that there's many in this generation, there's many in your life that are not where you are. 
And I pray that this, this message will inspire you and equip you to win your world by loving the people around you to God's truth that you'll hear in love today. Last weekend, Pastor taught, taught us that there is a truth that we can trust in God's word. And before we get into that, I just wanna remind you, we have our prayer gathering coming up and there's these prayer cards. One of my favorite things to do at our prayer gatherings, I'll grab a handful. I actually wait till people grab so I can get as many as possible. And I walk around and I read them out loud and I, whatever campus I'm at for the prayer gathering, I walk around the room and I just, man, I just, I just do work. I just do, I just pray and beg God to move. That's the kind of faith we see in the word. So that's the kind of faith we live out in today's world. And so I want to encourage you just, hey, if you don't have faith that God's going to move in a situation in your life, borrow some of ours. Write it down, let us pray for you, let us serve you in that way. And so what we're gonna do is we're gonna jump into God's word and see how the Bible brings clarity around what it means to be human. Now, if we're going to do this, we need to rewind all the way back to the beginning, which we find in Genesis chapter one, when Moses shares God's intelligent design in creating humankind. And this is gonna be in Genesis 1, 26 and 27. And he says this, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move on the ground. Now in verse 27, it says this, so God created mankind in his own image, in the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. You hear the repetition of he created them, he created them. I believe God's trying to communicate something to us. Now there's so much meaningful truth in all of Genesis chapter one, but especially in those two verses that we just read. But today we're gonna focus on three truths. The first truth is that we are made in the image of God. The second truth is the truth that we are made with a purpose. The third truth is that we are made with intentionality. And these are the truths that we're going to walk through, but we're not just going to say them. We're going to spend time on them because each one of those truths bring up some questions. So that first truth that you are made in God's image brings up a great question. What does the truth of being made in God's image mean? Well, what does it mean? Listen, it means that human beings, we are set apart and different from everything else on the planet. According to God's word, and I think if we're honest with the empirical evidence that we see, right, that we are the only thing that's made in God's image. Humankind is the only thing that's made in God's image. It is significant, that's significant, only because humankind is invited into a relationship with God, that humankind has eternal life, where they spend it is up to the decision that we make, and we have been given a spiritual consciousness. Conscious. This is huge. Now, people wanna argue whether animals will be in heaven or not, and sadly, unfortunately, we will not get into that today, but I can tell you with a lot of confidence, Cats aren't going. That's, listen, that's not me, guys. That's not me. It, it, it's, uh, they, they won't be there. Listen, you can check out 2 Zechariah chapter 50, look it up, great commentary on it. But seriously, <laughs> I'm gonna get some emails over that. Worth it, okay? 
But seriously, there is an obvious difference between humankind and everything else on the planet. Now, when it comes to humankind being set apart and from everything else on the planet and being made in God's image, what usually comes to mind, the conversation people wanna have is evolution and creation. Now, today will not be about evolution and creation. There is something more, no matter where you fall on the spectrum, there is something more important that we will focus on today, but I do wanna stop here for a specific purpose. Now, I'm gonna put myself out there today. I personally, I am a creationist, which means that I believe that God created the earth, literally how it's laid out in Genesis chapter one, now, the reason that I bring that up is because in today's culture, there's a, a bit of a slandering that happens if you believe that God created the world and created people. Now, again, I took, I've taken classes, I've read, I've studied, and in my opinion, I think it takes just as much faith to believe in evolution in, in some respects as it does to believe in a creating God. And listen, can I just tell you, I've went back and forth with people much smarter than me this week, processing this part of the message. Do I bring it up? Do I not? Can I just be honest? I don't wanna be perceived as dumb. I don't wanna be perceived as hard-headed, religious, backwoods, like, like, no, like no intelligence, but there's something that means more to me than people's opinion on me and that is that, that we build our truth, not just on God's, not, well, first of all, on God's word, but not just on what people tell us. See, for me, it makes more, it makes more sense to me for an intelligent design for us to get to where we are now and not an accident that's led us up to this point. And again, and again hey, I'm, I'm, this is not, this is not the, the part for amens and all that stuff. We'll get to that point. But I have something very specific I want you personally to see. So like for me, as I've been reading and studying, I think Dr. Charles Darwin, who is the scientist who pioneered evolution, he would agree that there's some challenges. He's quoted in saying, if it could be demonstrated that any complex organ existed, which could not possibly have been formed over numerous and successive slight modifications, my theory would absolutely break down. Now, not long ago, there was a, there's a, a professor, a Professor Richard Goldschmidt, a geneticist at the University of California at Berkeley, who did a lecture and listed a series of complex structures from the hair of mammals to hemoglobin that he thought, right, could not be, have been produced through thousands of years of small mutations. Now, why do I bring all that up? Why do I throw myself out there? Why, why, why do I give you the opportunity to look into my beliefs that way? Because what I am passionate about, I am passionate that we don't just roll over and believe what somebody tells us. I am passionate for a generation coming up that is not formed by TikTok theology. I'm passionate that there's people out there who are attacking parents for telling their kids to believe what God says. I am passionate that we get in God's word, that we equip ourselves and our family, and we go out to win the world to Jesus. Can anybody at Faith Promise get behind that? That's what matters. 
So today, again, we're gonna get to the truth of being made in God's image. Listen, and this is the truth, this is the truth that we're made in God's image that we are going to agree on, that we are going to unite on, that we will not move on. Because hey, being made in God's image, again, means that we've been invited into a relationship with God. We have been given eternal life. Where you spend it is up to where you surrender. And we've been given a spiritual consciousness. Now look what Paul says in Colossians 3, 9 and 10. He says, do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self and his practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge of the image of its creator. Listen, the truth, listen, the truth of being made in God's image is that you and I have the opportunity, the invitation to join God in the design for this image, which is spiritual awareness, holiness and eternal life with God in heaven. But listen, we have to know like we saw in this drama that the devil will fight this. Again, this battle for truth, it's not over evolution or creation. What the battle is over, it's waged over the eternity of mankind. Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 4, 4, the God, the little G-O-D of this age has blinded the eyes of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel. Please do not leave, whether you believe in creation or evolution, and say that Zach took his stand on one of those. I take my stand on that, the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, whose is the image of God. See, our enemy wants by any means he can to blind you and I from the possibility of a relationship with Jesus. And the reason it matters that we believe and know that we were made in God's image is because if we don't believe that truth, then you are open to attacks at the foundation of who you are. That's why it leads to the next two truths that we'll cover today. The next one is about purpose. So what does the truth of being made with purpose mean? Remember back in Genesis 1, 26 and 27, we read earlier, in part of 26, it said, let us make them in our image so they can rule. From the very beginning, God gave humankind purpose. Listen, we see throughout the library of the Bible, all these books from Psalms 139, where he said he put you together while you were inside your mom, numbered your days, anointed them. Ephesians 2.10 that says you're created on purpose, with a purpose. Those are some of my favorites. But again, use your mind. Take inventory of the planet. Are there any, is there anything else in creation asking, why was I made? I know some of y'all love your dogs. Do you think in between moments of pooping in the yard and licking itself, it has existential thoughts about why am I created? Do you think your cat, right? Your cat. Do you think your cat? Ask, what's my purpose? No, your cat is strictly thinking, if I was a lion, I would eat them. (laughs) I would eat them. That's not my nose, it's just for you. Look at your cat, notice what's happening. Hey, there's two big ones for me. 
I see this in a lot of when women have kids and then uh, the mom and the dad stays home with those kids. I watch people struggle through, am I wasting my gifts by not going and having a career and having, I, I have an amazing wife who's a great leader and she stays home and disciples, she has a call to ministry, but she stays home and disciples and develops our kids and prepares them to go out and win the world. Let's stop the message for a moment. Hey, if that's you, and you're pouring your life into discipling and developing your kids, whether you're a mom or a dad, listen, and the devil makes you doubt that purpose, it's a lie from the devil. You are, those kids are gonna change the world. We're so proud of you, so proud of you. Another one we see is whenever people, mostly men, have these midlife crises, right, where we just go crazy, because we start asking these questions. What am I doing? What am I leaving? What impact am I making? And when we don't see anything manifesting, we start grasping at straws. The reason humankind goes through this is because we were created with the, uh, the proclivity towards purpose. And we, when we don't have it, we doubt our identity. That's why we see this progression in our world the, the more people live outside of God's purpose, the crazier it will get. Because remember, God put eternity in the heart of every person. It says that in Ecclesiastes 3, 11. And for Christ followers, your primary purpose is to go out and show the world what an image bearer of God looks like, what living for eternity looks like, so that they want their design too. That's why we want to equip you to win your world. That's why we do next steps. Every month we do next steps because your purpose is our passion. Let us help you be the supernatural leader that God's made you to be. Come have dinner with us. Let's talk about God's plan and purpose for you. I believe that we will see the revival that our church and our world desperately needs when we choose to live this life which leads us to the last truth that we will cover today, that God made you with intentionality. But the question that comes up is what does the truth of being made with intentionality mean? So if you remember, go back to Genesis 1, 26, it says this, so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Now let's stop. Some of y'all think you know where I'm going. Hold on. Everything about you and me, the good and the bad, the things that make sense and the things that don't make sense, the things that we like and the things that we don't like, every single one of those falls under God's design and it falls under God's authority. Listen, this is not an easy truth. It's not an easy truth for anybody. Christians, I hope you're ready for a moment to be challenged. It may be easy for you to say that God did not misgender you or anybody else. It might be easy for you to say, why don't those people understand that God doesn't make mistakes? Or what about whenever your prayer goes unanswered? What about when somebody that you love dies? What about when something you pray for isn't healed? 
I, I, a few weeks ago, Jay, my daughter, she comes in middle of the night. She has this terrible ear infection, and she's, she, she's super tough, but she's like kicking and screaming, and I'm holding her, and I'm begging God to heal her, and he doesn't. It frustrates me. Whenever I was leading young adult groups, I, me and my wife, she would lead young men or women and I would lead young men. For four years in a row, I always had someone who was living a homosexual lifestyle in my group. And I remember sitting over dinner with them and they would say, Zach, are you telling me that I can never have this romantic love if this doesn't change? And I, I just say, yeah. That's what I believe is God's design. That's what I believe. And listen, if you feel good about judging people you're so removed from their hurt and their confusion. This right here, this is a hard truth for all of us. But guys, listen, I know, I know it's hard, but God doesn't make mistakes. Now this, it does take faith to believe that. But listen, when, not if, I believe in you, when you live with this faith, it brings a foundation that no matter what happens, no matter what you face, you can have peace and joy and patience and you can share your faith and you can pray with and for other people, no matter what the circumstances in your life show because you know that God designed you with a purpose, that you were created with intentionality, no matter what the circumstances say, no matter what the word around you says, because you know it, you know it. But just like our better angel asked, do you really believe it's true? Because the measure of belief is not in information of regurgitating a scripture, but the measure of belief is transformation, doing something with what you know. Today, there's a lot of information, but we gather at Faith Promise not to check a box, not to make ourselves feel good. We gather at Faith Promise for transformation because that's what we in our world so desperately need. We are made in God's image. You know why? so that one day Jesus could come in the form of a person like you, like me, and die on a cross to pay for our sins. But before we get into that moment, can I show you a moment from Jesus' life that if you'll accept it, will apply to you today? In Matthew 3, verse 16, this is when Jesus is being baptized. It says, as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water, and at that moment, heaven was open and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and alighted him. Verse 17 says, and the voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love, who I am well pleased. In the moment, before Jesus did any ministry, in the moment before Jesus did any miracles, we see God validate his son's identity. We see God's approval of him, and we see God's pleasure and affection for him. Here's the truth. If you will choose to accept it by surrendering to a relationship with Jesus, that you have a God-given eternal identity, that you have, a, you have God's unlimited approval, 
You have God's unmatched love because you are made in his image. But you don't know, Zach, you don't know what I've done. God would never love me. You don't know what's happened to me. You don't know what I've done to others. Hey, I'm a parent. And listen, I've got three sweet kids. I have two sweet kids and then another one, but I have, I have three kids. And listen, you know what? They disobey. Sometimes they don't listen. They break stuff, they lose stuff, they wreck stuff, they wreck themselves, they eat my food, they empty my wallet, they fill my calendar with stuff I don't wanna be at. They distract my wife from spending more time with me. But they're my image bearers. I just love them so much. But it's nothing compared to how much God loves them. And it's nothing compared to how much God loves you. I pray that this week that we wouldn't live below our God-designed station. And you know what else? I pray that we wouldn't let, let anybody else live there either. We wouldn't let anybody else, no matter what they look like, no matter what they vote like. Because when we look in the mirror and we see ourselves, we see them, we see an image bearer, we see a kid, we see a child of God, it's who we see, that's why we care. That is what, that's what shapes how we see the world and view people as an image bearer of God. That's why at all of our campuses, we've got these cards, some kindness cards, some, some God's love cards. And if you're joining us at a campus, the, the, these show some love cards are to remind you to go out and love people towards their God-given design towards our God-given design. That is something worth living for. That is something worth getting up early and having a quiet time for. That is, worth, that is something worth risking your reputation for. And we've, we got thousands of these cards. And if all these, we've been giving them out a little bit at different campuses over the last couple of weeks. Listen, if promisers, if we give all these cards out and we love on people, it'll be over 20,000 people who see, feel, hear, and know the love of God. It's been said, there's a lot of good people in the world. If you don't know one, be one. Well, as Christ followers, we've met the good one. And we haven't just met him, we're made in his image. How can we help not be good to the world around us? God, I come before you this weekend and I just, I beg you for transformation. I beg you, God, that we would see ourselves. Holy Spirit, that's what's just so on my heart right now is that we don't see ourselves as image bearers of God. We don't see ourselves. That's not how we see ourselves. We have these doubts and fears and lies that we believe. And God, I just pray that you would cast those off, cast those out. Please, God, transform us. Enlighten our hearts like Paul talked about in Ephesians 1. Let the scales fall off our eyes like they did Saul when he turned to Paul in Acts chapter 9. Please, God, let us never be the same from this moment in your presence. In your precious name we pray. Amen.